little thought that came to my mind as I was reading through this passage several times. You'll never regret tearing under the leadership in your life. If you're praying for something or you're seeking God's will, don't be haste, tarry. If you're confiding in pastor for direction and pastor says, let's give it six months, you'll never regret tearing under the leadership of the church. And Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Jericho. And he said, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. And the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he answered, Yeah, I know it. Hold your peace. I kind of find that a little bit funny because, you know, these guys are approaching Elisha. Elisha already knows the, the will of God, and he knows it's, it's quickly to happen. And these folks are coming to him and distracting him while he's trying to stay under the leadership of Elijah. And they're like a bunch of cackling hens, you know. Hey, did you know this is going to happen? Yeah, I know it. Just hold your peace. Don't be, don't be bothering me. Don't go, don't go gossiping everywhere about everything. Ain't that funny? That's kind of how, that's kind of how the devil works. When you're in the midst of a blessing, he's going to try to distract you and try to pull that away from you. And Elijah said unto him, Terry, I pray thee, herefore the Lord hath sent me to Jordan. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as I so liveth, I will not leave thee. And they too went on. And fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view, and stood to view afar off, and they stood by Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters, and they were divided hither and thither, so that they too went over on dry ground. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be unto thee, but if not, it shall not be so. So again, Elijah is asking Elisha to stay submitted to his leadership until he departs the earth. And it came to pass as they still went on and talked that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. And when the sons of the prophets which were to view at Jericho saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. So the word specific mantle is mentioned 14 times 
in the Bible. Mantles were generally worn by men of rank, a high priest, or someone worthy of notice. Mantles were used as a, as a physical covering or an extra layer to guard against the elements. But in this passage, we also see where the mantle is symbolic of the covering of God. In this instance, Elijah's mantle was used as a method to deploy the power of God. A mantle will always draw attention or set apart an individual. So Elijah, in his lifetime, seen 16 miracles completed. Some of those were he divided the Jordan River, calls down fire and destroys the altar, and then child restored to life, just, just to name a few. Elisha, we know, sees more miracles than Elijah. In 2 Kings 9 and uh, chapter 2, 9 and 10, Elisha specifically asked Elijah for a double portion. I don't think it's coincidental that Elisha has 32 recorded miracles completed when he asked for a double portion and Elijah had 16. So some of Elisha's, obviously, again, he divided the Jordan. Uh, widows, oil multiplied, healed the water, just, just to name a few. It is thought to believe that Elijah was 51 years old when he was called up from the earth. And Elisha's age is assumed by scholars to have been 120 years old. At the least, nonetheless, he was, Elisha was an old man. He lived, he lived longer than Elijah. So Elijah completed 16 miracles at age 51, and Elisha completed 32 miracles at, we'll just say, 100 plus. And as I was putting this together, I feel like God spoke to me and he said, tell my people, don't beat yourself up over time that you've lost. Don't beat yourself over, up over times in your life that, that you may not have been at your best. When we're doing this walk with God, we have to have a windshield point of view, not a rear view mirror. Yeah. If two of the most notable miracle working men of God two of the most notable miracle-working men of God, only, only performed 48 miracles in 170 years' time, how much benefit of the doubt should we give ourselves? Yeah. We know that, a, that a, a fallen mantle, because of the illustration of Elijah and Elisha, we know that a fallen mantle is symbolic of of a greater latter rain than the former. Joel 2 and 28 says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. That is probably, if I had to pick a favorite Bible verse, that's probably one of my favorites. Because that Bible verse calls the entire church. You're either an elder, a son or a daughter, or a young individual. One or the other, you're going to fall in one of those categories. When an elder of, we'll call the modern church, leaves the earth, uh, 
they pass away, their mantle or their ministry must continue on. I uh, have seen a couple of my pastors actually pass away. Uh, My grandfather was one of them. He died in 2015. And uh, my second grandfather, basically not really, but I always considered him a grandpa, he died a year ago. And when my grandfather passed away, I felt the heaviness of his death as I felt like I needed to carry on with his legacy, the heritage that he helped establish in my life. And so I felt a conviction as I questioned myself, am I, am, am I capable? Am I, am, it, am, I, am I worthy to do this? Am I, am, am I, do I have the capacity spiritually to carry on his heritage, his legacy? And then as my second pastor passed away a year ago he uh happened to be my best friend's maternal grandfather there there was an extreme heaviness that set upon me when we were doing the funeral process and all that good stuff and that heaviness was a weight of responsibility that we must continue on with the works of the elders and I talked to my friend I said man what are we going to do I said we have pillars pillars of apostolic faith that are dying what are we going to do about it and and he began to communicate back to me the 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 same feeling you know are, are we worthy to continue on you know do do we have the capability to do the will of God for the church. But we have to, because this is how legacies are created. God's kingdom continues until He comes. We're not looking to discredit a ministry, but we're looking to act as an extension of that ministry. Picking up a fallen mantle represents the continuation of ministry. It is symbolic. We're recognizing the anointing that was in their life. There is a responsibility of the church to carry on the will of God. We all, every single one of us, every single person in this room, has a call, a purpose in the church. God will use the people of His church to fulfill the will of the church. Now, that may not be too revelatory to you because that's about as simple of a statement as you'll hear today, probably. But God's will, He will use the people of His church to fulfill the will of the church. Who else would He use besides us? Stay kingdom-minded, not self-minded. It's real easy to get caught up in well, so-and-so, they get to do this, and, and uh, they, uh, you know, that church over there, well, they got all this going for them, but, you know, us over here, nah, nah, we don't, we don't. But we have to stay kingdom-minded. We've got to rejoice for every soul that's saved, whether it's here at Sanctuary or whether it's at a neighboring church. 
we can't get self-involved. We can't get so self-church focused that we lose focus of the will of God and the growth of the kingdom. When a person makes the decision to, to pick up a mantle, they want to, to take their walk with God deeper and further. They feel challenged continue, to continue in that direction. You will be separated from the world. It's, it's a symbol of the mantle. If you're going to pick up the mantle and you're going to wear the mantle, don't try to blend in. Be separated. It's okay. So it's kind of funny because this thing don't have any arms on it. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna actually tie it. But this is the best depiction that I could find of a of a biblical of a biblical man. I may have to tie this thing before it's over with. There you go, that'll work. Some of you ladies are like that looks like a house coat. It may be. Don't ask no questions. So when you choose to follow the will of God in your life, this is what it'll look like. You're going to have the covering of God in your life. You're going to have the anointing of God in your life. And there is absolutely no way you can have that and not be separated. Not, not be a different individual. We're called to be separated, not blended. A person fulfilling the will of God does not go unnoticed. The mantle shows evidence that you chose to be greater. It shows whose side. It shows whose side you're actually standing on. It it expresses your intention. It shows to the world that this is who I am, this is what I'm going to be, and this is how I choose to live my life. It displays a readiness to serve. It basically acknowledges to God that I'm here and I'm your sacrifice. You use me as you see fit. If that is to pastor or evangelize or be a missionary or work the altar or greet people at the door or take up offering or help people park their car take groceries to the elderly who can't go pick them up. Use me the way that you would have me to be used because I want to help the kingdom of God. But on the, on the opposite of that, to deny the mantle denies the call of God. The call challenges us to have a greater purpose. A, a fallen mantle is a crossroad, a place of decision. And I do feel a need to illustrate this in the manner that, that, it, that I have seen it as I have prepared mentally to do this lesson. So... When you're at the crossroad of the fallen mantle and you're trying to decide the direction you want your life to go, it is a crossroad. Do I pick up and carry on with the will of God or do I turn my back on the mantle 
and walk away from God's greater call in my life. Next Sunday is, is Sacrifice Sunday. When the mantle of giving is laid before me, am I going to follow the will of God? Am I going to pick that mantle up and go, no matter the circumstances, I will be faithful in my giving to the church. When it comes to the home, men especially, or, or women that are in the capacity of, of having to be the priest of your home, when you're sitting at that crossroad and the mantle's laying in front of you, are you going to pick the mantle up? Are you going to follow the will that God would have in your life for your family? Are you going to pick that up and say, no, son, daughter, this is the way we're going to live our life. This is the way we're going to, this is the way we're going to do things in this house. My daughters are getting at that age where they are beginning to ask us to do things. And uh, one of my daughters is particularly tomboyish. Love her to death. She's the absolute comedian. And she said, Dad, I want to I play this certain sport. And so I said, okay, baby. Let me and your mama talk about that. Thankful for my wife because my wife is, she's a godsend. I don't have to fight her. I, she basically teaches the girls everything that is biblical. And so my wife and I were talking one night, and she said, baby, what are we going to do if we let our daughter do this sport? And I said, honey, unfortunately, they're either going to be modest or they're not going to do it at all. I'm sorry, but we have to follow the, the call of God in our life. We have to follow what we agree together for the standard of our home to be. Allowing God to work through us when we're at that crossroad in our life and, and we're trying to figure out, do, do we want to do God's will? Do we, do we want to have God work through us? And we're sitting at this, at this crossroad and the mantle that has fallen is, is laying before us. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? It's a convicting thought, but what are we going to do? Are we going to not see the greater blessings of God in our life? Are we going to turn and walk away and not pick that mantle up? Are we going to say, you know what? I may lose friends. I may lose family. But we're going to do this. We're going to do this. There's a lot of times that... that uh, God speaks to me and tells me to do certain things, and, and I don't. And it's because I lack confidence and boldness, just being 100% transparent with you. There was something a few weeks ago that I should have done, and I didn't, and I've been in repentance over it ever since. But when God calls, are you going to obey His voice? If He tells you to act in a certain manner, what are you going to do with the mantle? Are you going to pick it up? You're going to obey his voice. You're going to walk away from it. I'm, I'm preparing to close.
This may make a few of you uncomfortable, but that's okay. We only have to endure just a couple minutes. <laughs> Brother Todd, when that mantle falls before you, what are you going to do with it? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Brother Clyde, Sister Miranda, what are y'all going to do with it? <laughs> Pastor, getting ready to build a new church. When that mantle falls before you, what are you going to do with it? Brother James, when those kids come asking those difficult questions, what are you going to do with it? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sister Laura, when times are, are, are beating us up and wearing us down and the devil's telling us that we didn't get our healing, what are we going to do with that mantle? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. That's right. That's right. Jesus. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I feel the Holy Ghost. Brother Rick, what are you going to do with that mantle? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's almost an obligatory answer. We must pick up the fallen mantle. That's powerful. We just need to lift our hands right now. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Such a deep move of the Lord in here. Brother Shay, that was just powerful. And the whole time he was teaching, it's just something grabbing hold of me. I don't want to miss any mantles. I had a thought the other day I was I don't know how many of you keep up with the news and different things but one of the news stories recently has been Prince Harry the uh, British uh, prince that is the Queen of England's grandson he and his wife have decided to step away from their royal titles and duties and and all of those things, and they've decided that they want to have an independent income and and all of those things. And my wife last night was actually asking me my thoughts on it, and I had already kind of been thinking on it a little bit, and, and uh, it, this may work itself into the series on culture we're doing, but this is the thought that I had. And you may disagree, and that's fine. This is the way I have been looking at it. Um, I thought, how selfish. I really think it's selfish. think these people have been given a great opportunity to do a lot of good things. And just because they don't respect the institution, 
as others before them have revered it and honored it and respected it, they want to step away from it and uh, want to throw off the restrictions associated with it and and all of those things. And I know there's a lot of different ways you could look at that, but that's kind of how it's hit me. And this is what I was driving down the road, and I was thinking about it a little bit. Maybe the Lord was just kind of working with me. This is what I felt like the Lord said to me. The problem with wanting to be like everybody else is that eventually you become like everybody else. And if they want to be like everybody else, they're going to, they're, they're just, they've been living at a level here. And I'm not talking about in finances and in their wealth. I'm talking about in stepping above the fray. But they want to come down here so they can get into what everybody else is getting into and say what everybody else says and do what everybody else does. The Queen of England doesn't give her opinion on politics. The Queen of England doesn't give her opinion on everything going on in culture. Not everything. There's some things that she's above the fray. And the problem with wanting to be like everybody else is you become just another voice like everybody else. But as for me, if you would... I want to grab a hold of that mantle. I don't want to be like everybody else. I don't want to talk like everybody else. I don't want to look like everybody else. I don't want to do like everybody else. But I want to grab a hold of a mantle that comes from a higher calling. I want to grab a hold of a mantle that has the blessing of the Lord, the anointing of the Lord. And God, whatever I have to do, I'll do that. But Lord, give me the mantle that sets me apart. Give me the mantle that sets me apart. Whatever I have to do. Brother Shea, you've never done better. That was a beautiful, beautiful lesson. And I know it was apples of gold and pitchers of silver. It was timely. And that's why we feel like we feel today. It was so very timely. I thank God for His presence in this room today and what He's done. Can we just give the Lord thanksgiving? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your convicting presence that has been in here this morning. Oh, thank you for it, Jesus. Thank you for it, Jesus. You walked these aisles this morning, Lord. You dealt with our hearts, and we thank you for it. Amen. We all have the challenge. We all come to those crossroads, and there's going to be more than one of them. You're going to decide what to do with those mantles. As for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. Put His Word first. Amen? Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Hallelujah.